The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Yeah, welcome to another episode of the Functional Sportsaholic, as we like to call it the Sports Talk Revolution. We are proud partners of Underdog Podcasts. You can also find us on Podcast One. You are listening, as usual, to Sam Van Dam and Sean Ryan. What is going on, my man, Sam? What up, dude? Just halfway through the week uh, and uh, anxiously waiting your arrival. Oh, my gosh. I've had myself a freaking week. So, death in the family, as you know, Sam, uh, very depressing. Um. And so, you know, funeral services are today, but on top of that, so I'm flying to Florida, as you just referenced. So I'm flying to Florida on Thursday. There was some, it was up in the air whether or not I was even going to be able to come because of the, you know, the family stuff. And, um, you know, long story short, I am coming, but I have basically, you know, I knew I was going to have this week when I planned it. I have uh, five days of recording and uploading and podcasting and YouTubing and all that stuff. I have five days to fit into basically three days, but now basically that has gone down to two days when you consider, you know, the family stuff with uh, all the services and all that. So, oh, not the uh, not the best week. It's a little stressful. It's a little sad. Um, those are not the, the best emotions to have, but uh, I'm sure this weekend will be fun going into town and all that stuff. Yeah, man. I got you. I got you filming right now. I got you. Did you activate your camera? No, I didn't mean to. <laughs> well, close your camera back out because all I see is two eyes. <laughs> and the audience uh-huh. on YouTube sees two eyes. Anyway, um, actually, I should reference that right now. Uh, please, you know, we are up and running on our YouTube channel. We finally have our URL, um, which you have to, you know, basically be a live customer or partner or whatever anyway so it's uh youtube.com slash the underdog and um you know go there we have a lot of content that we don't put on these podcasts a lot of fantasy football stuff um all of the underdog podcast network i'm integrating all that i'm kind of managing it right now um for the whole network it's a lot of me and then we're integrating all the other shows so it's it's really cool it's going to be a sports network it's not going to be like any other channel you see on youtube which is awesome we're trying to make these things as current as possible we could use your support in that and all you have to do is subscribe which is free uh watch some videos that is also free and the more you watch the more that you know we can focus on it and uh and you get more current with this stuff so it's pretty cool check it out once again it's youtube.com slash the underdog um i like that hat man yeah man functional sports a hall cat you want one of these bad boys yeah is that a is that a trucker hat or is it, it yeah just, it's um, a um multi? yeah it's and it's fitted too i got it i found um you know alibaba um <laughs> well how, you, let's talk about the hat in a little bit because uh, i yeah. got another one for you you might like as well have you ever seen my get paid hat i like to get paid hat. yeah man that's a nice that one. green that green that money green one yeah have you seen it on the youtube videos and stuff I have, man. Yeah, man. You, you act like I don't watch the YouTube videos. Yeah, I know, Come on. I know, I know. Come on. Come on. <laughs> anyway, I, I've been looking, you know, NFL where I'm full swing. We're going to be talking about that today. Um, Bavada Sportsbook, I've been on that all week. Um, found some really good odds. Uh, you know, the futures, I do the NFL power rankings. I'm going to have that. I have the futures updated also from Bavada Sportsbook. Um, Sam and I, um, you know, we talked about Dennis Rodman a little bit last week. I thought that segment did well. So Sam and I are going to talk about kind of the, uh, the future of this show. And, you know, some of the some of the stuff that we're going to be doing going forward. And then we're just going to kind of, you know, talk about sports in general. But um, back to the hats, Sam. Okay. Yes. So I um, I found this uh, this T-shirt maker, this hat guy uh, where I live locally in the in the suburbs of Chicago. Love what they do. And this hat, so um, thanks to Alibaba and, you know, this this trend where all these um, manufacturers in China are basically selling all their stuff through Alibaba. Um, basically, every, you know, whether it's the shirt I'm wearing, the shirt you're wearing, everybody's getting their stuff from China, right? So mm-hmm. if you can find the manufacturer who makes the shirts that you like, then you can just buy in bulk if you want to. So I found the um, the new era. I love the new era hats. I found uh, manufacturers that make those blanks, and so that's where right. I got the get paid hat, and that's where I got this guy. This is a, a new era knockoff, and then I just get the uh, t-shirt maker to, to make them, and it cost me like to set up the, the embroidery because this is embroidered. It's not screen printed, 
it cost me like um, I think twenty five bucks to set up and ten bucks to print. Um, I supply yeah. my own hat, so this hat probably cost me like forty bucks. But the logo is set up, so I can get embroidered whenever we want. Right. Any of our swag. Um, same thing with get paid now that that logo is set up. So anytime I want to do that, I can do it. So I like this guy, man. You see, you've seen the t shirts I make. I'm gonna get some for underdog and get some for functional sportsaholic. It's gonna be good stuff. Yeah, man. Love it. Oh man, I was thinking about getting a tattoo this week too. Didn't when I was going down there, but uh, the the references I asked for a portfolio and the and the lines were all blown out. So I was like, mm, I can't really, can't really, can't really do that. Can't get a tattoo <laughs> with blown out lines. If if they're putting blown out lines in their portfolio, um, they didn't they didn't really do their apprenticeship. You know, it, it's it's so easy to spin up a business these days, like with Instagram yeah. and all that stuff. Well, who'd you talk to? Uh, I, I'll I'll leave that name out yeah. of it, but okay. uh, yeah, it wasn't uh, it, it just wasn't it wasn't the best um, right. referral in my opinion, but so it goes. Oh, so how you doing this week, man? Good, bro. Um, I told you. Uh, I don't know if you got a chance to see that Sandler. No, uh, I I actually yeah, did. I watched watch the trailer, it. but I didn't watch the Jack yeah. of All Trades documentary you were talking about on Netflix. I yeah, watched man, about five a... minutes and I fell asleep because well, I was yeah, so tired. It's basically, like. You know, uh, you know, both of us were into baseball cards and basketball cards <laughs> right. and all that stuff. So it's kind of like, I mean, you go into it just kind of thinking, it's like, why, you know, where has that market gone? Because there was a time there where, like, you know, you could actually make some decent money mm. in that business. And, like, I guess this guy's dad was, like, <laughs> owned this big card shop and was making a ton of money and all this stuff. And then, basically, then it turns into uh, a family piece where his dad just pieced out on the whole family and they just never talked to him or saw him again um yeah and then they eventually track his dad down um so it kind of starts as like a card show thing um which is like all right how much can they really get out of this but then it turns into something else it's it's pretty good i saw i was hoping it was gonna be like a half hour thing and i saw it was an hour and a half and last night because i put it on at probably about 10 45 or 11 and i've just been running especially this week trying to get everything going you know um, yeah. with the pods and the and the YouTube channel and all that. Yeah, I just been going. Um so it's been rough, but uh yeah, I saw it on and I was like 5 10 minutes later I was like out. <laughs> so yeah. I'll go back and watch it. You should check it out, man. It is, you know, it is it is pretty good. Yeah. Um but they basically talk about that, you know, everyone wanted that Ken Griffey Jr., you know, the rookie card. I actually have one fa- of those, believe it or not. Yeah, and then they found out it was like mass produced even though like they said it was super <laughs> limited. So yeah. people spent like crazy amounts of money yeah. on this Ken Griffey rookie card, but it's like the most produced card ever. So like now it's not worth jack shit. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just funny. Like they went to like all the the manufacturers of the cards, like Tops and Fleer and all that. Fleer, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, so Upper Deck. It's just funny to see like you know these companies were still huge and there's still a market for it. I mean, if you go to a Target or something, mm. you you could see cards and stuff, but. It's not what it was like, you know, now people want to look that that was kind of like the way you could get like stats for mm-hmm. guys back then. You know, now we have the Internet and everything. You could pull up every picture of the guy, every stat, whatever you want. It, it, it's there for you. But back then, that's kind of like how we would see like what a, a guy's career number was, you know, for you know, the back of his card or whatever. And we all went to big league and all that stuff. And, um, we big all, league. Had I remember those, big league. Yeah. We all had the binders with like your little like sheets in it and your little slots where you put your cards and, mm. Man, those are those are good days. Yeah, I remember. So, like, because it, we grew up in kind of an interesting era, the the computer age wasn't really. I mean, we, I had a computer in my house my whole life, but like, I didn't mm-hmm. have the internet until I was what about seventeen, eighteen, something like that. Well, yeah, I don't think we. I mean, I think it was a little bit. I don't know when you had it. But no, I mean, I, my I my family I, wouldn't get it. It was available yeah. to us like when we were like when I was like ten. But I didn't get it yeah. until I was eighteen because I think my I mom had it when I was in my like mom saw the grade, the Sandra Bullock movie. My mom saw the Sandra Bullock movie, The Net, and then she thought that, like, you know, that that people were going to use the internet to ruin our family and kill all of us. So, like, we we weren't able allowed to have the internet until she became a stockbroker, and then she wanted to, you know, follow the uh, the finance lines and all that. 
Right. Yeah. Which actually <laughs> well, served us well as a family. So I can't. I it's can't probably good. That. You know, now, now we're in the day and age where people can ruin your whole family and everything. through. I the know. Internet, so. Like, like uh, I, they're, they're not a sponsor of the show or anything, but at this point, like, you know, with, um, you know, because you, you have retirement accounts, you and I have worked long enough that, you know, there's 401ks that you have set up through work and all that. You have to have LifeLock now uh, because, right. you know, it used to be like, you're worried about people breaking into your house and stealing stuff. Now you have to worry about them stealing your identity and actually like like moving all of your money out of your bank accounts when you're not paying attention and so like like lifelock to me it's 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 expensive and i hate doing it but it's like just as important to me as health insurance um right at this point i mean it's if you have if you have a like a like an investment account you have to do it because it really is it's it's just how the the world is now. So yeah, we have LifeLock. Kind of sucks. But back to the uh, card stuff. I used to collect. Um, you remember Cowardkin Jr. was like my favorite player growing up. Uh, yeah. Rooting for those awful Orioles teams, which I still do, as uh, as I'm ashamed to say. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the Cowardkin Jr. I had like every single card that was available. I would go to card stores and find new variations of card because they would have them organized by player. And if I didn't have the card, I would pick it up. And back then, you could pick up a card for like a dollar or two dollars and just mm-hmm. pad your collection. So to this day, I still have like two, three hundred, you know, three hundred. Um, you know, Cowardkin Jr. cards, which are probably worth about two to three dollars now, because <laughs> because of the uh, the internet age. But now, like card collecting got into because I started looking at you know because I, I like investing and I like you know you know like I like I buy gold every now and then just to have and you know just diversify. Um, mostly the money's in the markets and all that stuff, like everybody else. But sometimes I think like okay, if there's a really good player. Um, um, let me just say, like, okay, let's say Patrick Mahomes. If you could go back and get a rookie card for Patrick Mahomes, like one of the really good ones. Now, if you buy a card, like a pack of cards, you get like six cards in a pack, and the packs are like two hundred dollars because of like these authentication stuff. It's just kind of weird. It's hard to make money on it anymore. I think. Yeah. I also used to like to trade cards. Like me and Baseball Llama would trade cards all the time. I think he won every single trade that we ever got. But I would accumulate the player cards that I wanted, and he would always accumulate value. So he's probably sitting on about you know back then five. $5,000 today, about $5.50 worth Yeah, of he should have sold. And it's funny, it was Cal Ripken. Everyone now wants the Billy Ripken card, the one that says fuck on the back of the fuck face on the on the bottom of the of the bat. I didn't know I didn't card? know that until until I watched the documentary. I didn't know what that was all oh, about. I yeah, might yeah, have yeah. that card, seriously. I got to go look at what the uh, what the thing was because if that's worth you – know, Billy Ripken, I have a lot of Billy Ripken cards. And that was right yeah. in my heyday of picking things up. So I might actually – have that card. <laughs> that, that, I think that's what people like or want more than anything, just because it's funny. Yeah, <laughs> they slip that in there, you know. Um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting watch. So, you know, and that, 1989 and that Fleer, dude. I'm, I'm looking it up right now. I might have, I might have that card. I gotta go look in my. They're all in my basement. Even though my basement <laughs> flooded, I uh, I elevated my baseball card collection to make sure they wouldn't. <laughs> make sure they wouldn't. 1989 Fleer 616 worth a thousand bucks if uh, rated a 10. I'm sure mine wouldn't be rated a 10. I gotta look for that, man. Hey, man, maybe maybe you I, I, like I would say 50 50. I have that. I have that uh, that card. It might be it might be a 500 dollar card you got down I'll there. Take it, you man. Sell that bad boy. I'll take it. You know what else I have um, in terms of collections that it, I can't find a value on it because I really I literally think I'm the only person in the world that has this thing. It's um, you remember the Summer League games in Orlando? Yeah. Okay, so like um, Summer League, just like every season, uh, the NBA does Summer League games. Well, I knew, you know, me and you having watched LeBron in high school and stuff, I knew LeBron was going to be like a Hall of Famer, um, possibly right. like an all-timer great, right? He's like in the, t- in the top five discussion, LeBron James, definitely, probably in the top two discussion, depending on how weird his career gets with the Lakers. But, um Oh, actually, speaking of which, you still like the Lakers? Do you like the Lakers to win the title? Yes. Are they your favorites to win the title? Yes. I think. Let me look at what the futures are. Let me. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm actually pulling up Bavada as we speak here. Lakers future for everybody. Sam is on it. They're at plus 300, so they're still a favorite on Bavada as well. But anyway, so LeBron, um, I knew he was going to be good. I saved the summer league ticket. From his first NBA game in the Summer League. Now, this isn't the the game where the Cavs played the Sacramento Kings, um, a regular season game. It's a Summer League ticket. A ticket that is guaranteed to be thrown away by everybody in that crowd except for one person. 
I'm the guy that has it. So my thing is, in another 20 years, like LeBron's legacy set, we know what he is. Somebody is like the biggest LeBron James fan in the world. I'm going to have the one thing nobody else in the world is going to have. That's got to be worse than money, don't you think? Yeah, I would think so. So I have it. It's in a safe deposit box. I think it's probably the most valuable sports-related item in my collection. Um, but nobody, like, I've, I've you know, asked some message boards and stuff, what would this be worth? And everybody's given me, like, used game ticket value. But they're not thinking about the scarcity of that. Like, there are other people right. that have ticket stubs that save them. Nobody's going to have this because it was in Orlando, and it was, a, like, a... Like, nobody was thinking that far ahead for LeBron James back then, right, except for this right. guy, this guy right here. So I think that one's going to be worth some scratch, man. Yeah, and it was weird. My biggest sale ever was a few years ago. I My um, my great-uncle died, and um, he had left, like, my brother and I, like, some crap or whatever. But I had always, like, looked at his baseball cards because he had some really, really old ones. Hmm. Um, and... So he had a Babe Ruth, a 1933 Holy. Babe Ruth. Wow. Yeah. And um, it wasn't in the best condition. Sure. You know, like he didn't have it like in one of those, you know, big plastic things with like the screws on it right, to like yeah. keep everything out or whatever. So the corners were a little bent up, but it was a 1933, you know, uh, Gaudi baseball card, Babe Ruth. It was like, wasn't even like, a. it's where they had to do like, the drawings you know like the paintings on there oh yeah okay yeah yeah i i put it on ebay and i was like all right the top ones on ebay are going for like 10 grand and i was like um and those were like the pristine ones yeah the the rated 10 yeah right yeah i put on ebay for like two grand and sold in like two minutes holy moly yeah and I really wish, like, I would have, like... Put up for five higher. or something. But, I mean, it wasn't in, like... I mean, the corners were, like, all bent up. It was, like, you know, really yellow. Um, but, I mean, how many of those are there, you know, right. really? You know, at the time, they probably weren't mass-producing them. Um, no, no, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, it was it was crazy. I was like, shit, man, I should have put that up for, like, six grand. You yeah, know, just at least see. got into a bidding war. Yeah, know, right. But... Nah, yeah, I didn't want to do. So it was still two grand, and I didn't have to do anything. Yeah, so. damn man, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, yeah, I'm gonna send that ticket out. I got to find some appraisal company to look for it because you know everything now. Everybody wants the rated. I know because it was in my pocket, so I know it's not gonna be a ten. But um, you know the corners aren't bent. It's just like a little like a uh, bowed, I guess you could yeah. say. So I, I need to I need to look that up, but. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, the show itself, Sam. Um, so I guess we're having this discussion live. I, I texted you about this, um, but you and I, we, we've both mm-hmm. been sprinting in completely opposite directions. So, you know, it's like you, you, we usually text quite a bit. It's the only time of week we've been talking lately is on this podcast, which is, uh, you know, if, if, if nothing else, right? Um, and these, this podcast makes money. We get sponsors and it's great. If nothing else, it's right. nice just to have this half hour, hour yeah, exactly. every week just to talk. Right? I agree, man. Um, I agree. Yeah, but... Um, yeah, the uh, the the show. So we did this thirty for thirty documentary, and it's something that you and I have been talking about for a while. Is doing this like movie review show where we watch Netflix and we just react to it and you know do spoilers, talk just like we did with this car documentary. I mean, it's it spurred a conversation. Well, um, I actually put that clip, the Dennis Rodman um, thirty for thirty. I put that clip on YouTube, and it got a few hits. You know, we're ranked pretty well in that search, but just not a lot of people are searching for it. But the people that have found it and, and watched it actually like the uh, like the show. Um, or that part of the show quite a bit. And I'm thinking that really we should try to integrate that um, into the show because, you know, I like the discussion. I like if we can try to set aside like an hour a week to watch something interesting and talk about it. It's sports-related. I think that's good. And then, you know, if we we kind of exhaust the sports-related stuff, then we start talking about other stuff, uh, movies or TV shows or something like that. No, I agree, man. No, I agree. So I'm into that. I think that they're, um, you know, we talked about um, that uh, the NCAA show. What is it called? The um, Last Chance U. We talked about yeah, that one of the yeah. seasons. It's hard for me to watch. I know you're going to be in the same position. We can't watch like a full season in a week of stuff. So it's almost like we have to go episode by episode if it's a show or it's um, we have to talk um, 
you know, basically like a documentary, something like that. But we'll come up, you know, if you're out there, um, you know, tweet me. I'm at TFS underscore Sean. If there's something that you think we should be watching and talking about, you let us know. Uh, you know, we're Sam and I are looking for material. So, uh, you know, we can talk about anything. And uh, if you think something's good out there, let's do it. I do have one for you, Sam, that I'd like you to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll figure out what the show was, but basically the show is like the biggest loser for sports or something, and it's a six episode thing about like like the the sports is like most agonizing defeats and stuff like that. Yeah, isn't it funny. called Losers? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's Losers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they I've had seen it on there. I haven't watched. It yeah, yet. it's good, man. I've watched every episode, and there's two episodes that are really good. There's the um the French figure skater, um um. She's a black girl. I can't remember her name. Um, African American. I can never. I can never remember. I think black is okay to say. You know, when I look because I do look this up, sensitivity and all that. I see yeah. some people say I don't want to be called African American. I see some people say I don't want to be called black. So I don't know what to say. I apologize if that is, that's offensive at all. I'm just trying to do the right thing. But anyway, so um, she's uh, she's African American or African French, I should say, and um, and was just dominant, but never won a gold medal. So there was one. And then the other one was about this soccer team. It was the funniest documentary I'd ever ever seen. A soccer team facing relegation in the UK. And that's the episode I want you to watch of Losers. Okay. Um, It's a half hour. It's super easy to watch. And it's just it's just funny. And then there's another one that's a, a little bit more of a serious thing that I would also like you to watch. I mean, we could probably just pick those episodes off one one at a time because they're they're really good. And then we'll just scour Netflix, man. See uh, see what we got. For sure. All right, man. Well, hey, I think that probably takes us through because I think uh, you know I'm going to go through and, and do my weekly power rankings. I know you got to jump, and I'm usually just kind of talking my way through these power rankings anyway. Um, so if you want, we can uh, cut cut our time here short, and uh, we'll look forward to the audience um, giving us some suggestions for things to watch on Netflix, and uh, and Sounds we'll review good, it. Bro. All right, let me talk a little bit about the RJ Bell's Dream Preview Show. Football season is here, and it's time to dominate the competition with your fantasy picks and RJ Bell's dream preview on podcast one Sportsnet is your secret weapon to victory Eagles or Packers Titans or Falcons Patriots or Bills no matter the matchup RJ's got you handled with top-notch analysis for the best NFL picks around download RJ Bell's dream preview every week on Apple podcast and podcast one.com but also download episodes of get paid and also go to youtube.com slash the underdog because we got you covered in the fantasy realm as well okay and we are going to dig into the nfl power rankings for week four and i'm going to go from 10 to 1 um, with respect to a few teams which i will give you some um some some high praise uh there are only so many teams uh 10 that can make the top 10 list so we're going to go like i said from 10 to 1 Starting at number 10, I have Houston. Bavada has at plus 2,500 to win the Super Bowl this season. I like Houston uh, this year. Deshaun Watson, um, obviously very good. Uh, they are a team that outside of a very, very, very late field goal in week one, uh, that lost to uh, to Kansas, or I'm sorry, to New Orleans to start the season in New Orleans. They are a team that could have easily been 3-0. and um, Yes, I know they could have also lost that second week game to Jacksonville. Uh, they, they held on a two-point conversion attempt from Jacksonville. They won that game very, very close. But um, I like this Houston team. Deshaun Watson can get it going. I have to have some faith that Houston can fix the offensive line issues. Um, you know, Deshaun Watson, he's taking too many hits. Some of that is him. You know, he holds onto the ball too long. He tries to make plays. It makes me nervous every time I see him scramble. It makes me nervous every time I see his offensive lineman peeling him up off the, the floor. But uh, he has weapons everywhere. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is fantastic. I think he's probably the best receiver in the league. He can produce no matter who's throwing the ball, him the ball. And with Watson throwing, he's a force. I like uh, the addition of Stills. Um, I like Will, uh, Will Fuller every single week. Uh, he is a big play guy, and then the running game is really going for Houston as well. Uh, on defense, you know, I wish they hadn't a traded Clowney, but you got to do what you got to do. I understand the economics of the game. They weren't going to be able to extend him, so they let him go to uh, to Seattle. Um, but this defense is still pretty good as well. I think this is a team that's going to improve. Uh, I don't think this division is a waltz by any means. I think Jacksonville is better, especially with Gardner Minshew coming up. I think they're better than uh, you know people think that they are. Um, I think that Tennessee plays everybody strong, and I think that Indianapolis, even without Andrew Luck, is a very, very good team. So this isn't going to be an easy division uh, for them to get through, but I do like this team, and like I said, 
I think they will get better and better by the week. Now, I did mention uh, Indianapolis. They did not make my list. They're high on my list, though. I'm very high on this team. Uh, They have certainly potential to get in there. Um, No disrespect at all to Indianapolis. I like Jacoby Brissett. I've been saying it ever since Andrew Luck retired. Uh, They do have the ability to get in this list. I like what Marlon Mack is doing. Very, very good team there. I think Bavada has them at plus 4,000. Um, if you're into to Super Bowl future betting, I think that is a team that could be uh, competing. But of course, in the AFC, New England and Kansas City are just a cut above everybody else. Uh, number nine on my list, moving it on, Detroit. Uh, Bavada has at plus 4,000. I said last week that if Detroit took care of business against a good Philadelphia team, uh, that they would make the list, and here they are, premiering at number 9. 2-0-1. Uh, and one. They should be 3-0. and oh. They really collapsed against Arizona the first week of the season. Uh, the second week, they beat uh, the Chargers. Third week, they beat the Eagles. Now, there are circumstances, right? The devil's advocate side of things say, well, they collapsed against Arizona in the first week. Uh, the Chargers missed makeable field goals in the second week. And then the third week, the Eagles didn't have their top two receivers. Bottom line is this team is performing. This offense is interesting to watch. Bevel, um, Daryl Bevel-led offense. Uh, They are, you know, you know what they are. They're a team that wants to establish the run and take their opportunities in the passing game when they come. They're not a super high-flying, high-scoring offense, uh, as we've seen in the past with Detroit. But they're effective and they're undefeated. It's working pretty well. I like Carryon Johnson. I want to see him ascend a little bit more. I like the young guy, Ty Johnson. I like the pieces in the passing game, uh, Galladay, Marvin Jones, and the rookie Hawkinson. I know Hawkinson hasn't performed super well statistically as of late, but that will come through. Uh, Matt Stafford, we know he can pass for thousands and thousands of yards. This year, he's taking kind of a back seat and uh, trusting the process, and it's working so far. 2-0-1. Detroit's doing some good things, so there is some respect to Detroit. Uh, number eight on my list, Buffalo, is plus 4,000. Now, they're 3-0. and I didn't like actually what I saw against Cincinnati last week. I thought that this was an opportunity for Buffalo to come out and really take charge. Now, credit Cincinnati because they played tougher than they had in their first two weeks. Uh, but Josh Allen, he threw a bad interception. Uh, this team, you know, the, the defense is solid. They've been solid for years. McDermott, I think, is a great head coach. And I, I like the offensive system, but they have to get better. I think Josh Allen has to get a little bit better for them to improve. But, hey, they're in my top 10, and they're undefeated. Big test this week against New England. We'll see what happens. I tend to think New England um, is going to take advantage there um, and do pretty well. And um, and I think that they'll run away with this game. But, you know, Buffalo, there's no disrespect to Buffalo. I just think New England's that good. Buffalo, I love the defense. Um, I, I want to see the offense. I see the potential there. I need to see Josh Allen be a little bit more accurate and take a little bit more care of the ball. But he is just a second-year player. He was raw coming out of college. Uh, he's still kind of learning the position and what it is to be an NFL quarterback. And he is leaps and bounds better than he was last year. So respect to Buffalo. Uh, they're doing good things, undefeated. It's nice to see uh, It's nice to see you know fans enthusiastic in Buffalo again. I think the NFL is always a little better when Buffalo fans, um, you know, in Buffalo, has something to cheer for. I grew up in that big era with Jim Kelly and Thurman Thomas and all those guys, James Lofton, Andre Reid. I, I liked watching those teams play. So it's fun for me. Uh, it's, it's like a little nostalgic to see Buffalo doing well. So good for Buffalo. Number seven on my list, uh, the best two-in-one team in football, Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore Ravens. Look, I think they were, they've been in the top five on my list um, since I've been doing these power rankings. Um, that game against Kansas City was fantastic to watch. Yes, I know Kansas City kind of controlled that game. Um, that game ended closer than it was, uh, but this game was a sloppy field. I think it really came down to Patrick Mahomes could execute passes a little bit better in the rain than uh, Lamar Jackson was able to. Baltimore had their opportunities. They were aggressive. Uh, they went for it on fourth down quite a bit. They went for two. And then, uh, you know, they were trying to to punish Mahomes, bully him a little bit, you know, get in his face and hit him. Uh, you know, I think there were a couple rough in the passer penalties and those things, late hits and all that. And I think that's what you got to do. You got to rough him up and intimidate him. I think they had a good game plan. But Baltimore's passing defense, there are some issues there um, that they need to figure out. And when you play a team like Kansas City, who no, no joke is probably the best passing offense that I've ever seen. They have speed everywhere. Um, yes, Baltimore was able to kind of control the run game there against Kansas City. But 
uh, and and Baltimore was able to control the clock. You know, people are saying they got more first downs and yada yada yada. Well, that's all well and good, but when Kansas City can score in 30 seconds, you know, on a 50-yard touchdown pass, um, you know, the other teams are going to control the clock and have more first downs. It's just how it works. Um, but Baltimore, I think they're the third best team in the AFC. I um, I think on a neutral field, if they weren't playing in Kansas City, or maybe if the, even if this game was in Baltimore, it could have been a different story. If uh, Baltimore was able to execute on some of those two-point conversions, could have been a different story in that game. Very, very interesting game. I love Baltimore. Um, you know, they just ran into a team that's, I think, playing at peak precision in the passing game. Uh, Kansas City has room to get better. Baltimore has room to get better. If Lamar Jackson hit a little bit more of his passes, um, you know, especially on some of those fourth downs, again, we could be talking about the the Ravens being the number two team on my list right now. So uh, very close. I'm not going to downgrade Baltimore too much for losing a game. I did a little bit. They moved down behind some other 3-0 teams, but believe me, they'll move back up. I like Baltimore quite a bit. Uh, Bavada has Baltimore at plus 2,500, still probably my favorite futures bet of the year. I think that's great value for this team. Uh, moving it here, number six, San Francisco. Now, San Francisco's turning the ball over too much. Um, I don't like that. But when you when you turn the ball over like four times in the first half to Pittsburgh, and you still come out and win and really can kind of control the game in the second half, I mean, that says something. This team can run the ball, and I love their front four on defense. So you'll see like on these lists in my power rankings, if you can play good defense in the defensive line, if you can basically, if you can get a pass rush with four, okay, and you can drop seven into coverage um, on passing downs, or you can pressure and, and uh, penetrate the line on running plays. Basically, if you can control that line of scrimmage on the offense and the defense, then you're going to be winning a lot of games. You're going to be high on my power rankings list. So we know San Francisco can run, and we know they play good defense up front. I like their secondary more. Um, the offense has to be a little bit more precise. Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, will get this cleaned up. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, you know, he's going to rely on the run. This running game is efficient, even without Tevin Coleman, their starter, even with Jarek McKinnon on the on the IR for a second year. You got Brita, you got Mostert, and you got uh, Wilson Jr., basically a three-headed monster at running back there. I like what they can do. And these receivers, especially when Jalen Hurd comes back, from injury. These receivers, Debo Samuel, Dante Pettis, Marquise Goodwin, uh, Bourne, they just have weapons everywhere. Um, if they could do, I know that this is probably not going to happen, but if they could add like Jalen Ramsey in a trade, this team could open a Super Bowl window. I don't think they're there yet this year, but the NFC is proving itself to be a pretty wide open conference. Um, Oddly enough, I think Dallas and Philadelphia are probably the two best teams, uh, Philadelphia being one and two. They did not make the list, uh, but they lost two games without their receiving core. So, you know, you're not going to win a lot of games when Nelson Aguilar is drawing the most targets in your team. Anyway, so they're, uh, they're San Francisco. I like them. Number five on my list is the LA Rams. I have them at plus 800, according to Bavada. Um, oh, and San Francisco, what did Bavada have them at? Uh, plus 2,000. So, you know, they're moving up in their odds. Uh, the Rams, like I said, they're plus 800. We're into 3-0 teams now. Uh, the Rams, I still don't think they're at peak precision. I still think there's a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover, or maybe it's that they don't play their starters um, during the preseason at all. There's a little bit of rust there. They need to give the ball to Todd Gurley more. Sean McVay has already come out and said as much. I do believe that Gurley will have a bigger week this week in fantasy. Um, and statistically, if you don't play fantasy football, uh, but if you're looking for you know prop bets for Todd Gurley, I think he's probably going to be on the over on most of those. I do fi- think he'll find the end zone this week. Um, you know this whole uh, running back by committee, Malcolm Brown stuff, that's all behind us. Uh, Gurley is getting the most carries. It's just that they're not running the ball and they're not getting him integrated into the offense. They're just a little rusty, and I would say Sean McVay included, but they'll get it cleaned up. Sean McVay is a smart guy. This is a very talented team, and the defense, man, the defense is good too. They're primed for another. Super Bowl run. I like them. They are my number five team. Number four on my list is Green Bay at plus 1200, according to Bavada. I like Green Bay's because Green Bay is playing better defense and they can run the ball. Okay. So I struggle. Do I put LA at number, uh, number four? Do I put, um, Green Bay at number four? The reason I put Green Bay ahead of LA at this point, two reasons. One, um, we haven't even seen Aaron Rodgers try to throw the ball yet. This team has been winning basically with running, <laughs> running the ball and with defense, which that we never see that with Green Bay, right? This is the, the influence of the new coaching staff. Mike Pettin's doing a fantastic job defensively. Uh, 
Um, you know, Aaron Jones and, and Jamal Williams, they're doing a great job holding down the fort in the running game. I love the commitment to the running game. But Aaron Rodgers, we haven't even seen him unleashed yet. Um, and I think that's a good thing. I don't think Green Bay's hit their peak, just like I don't think LA has hit their peak. I think if you compare these two teams, Green Bay is actually, I would say LA is probably a better, more talented team and probably a better coached team than Green Bay. However, I just think Green Bay is playing a little better at the moment. And, uh, you know, we'll see, we'll see, you know, how things shake out throughout the year. I think both of these teams are in better than advertised divisions. Um, you know, Minnesota, Chicago, Detroit, who's better than people anticipated. And that's a tough one for, for Green Bay. We're going to see how things shake out. Uh, but Green Bay is already 2-0 in that tough division. The Rams, the 49ers, the Seahawks, they haven't even all started battling each other yet. Okay, number three on my list. Oh, I'm sorry. Green Bay is plus 1,200, according to Bavada. Number three on my list is Dallas. Bavada has at plus 1,000. Their odds are continuing to ratchet up. Dak Prescott continues his good play. I was toying with the idea of downgrading them because they had kind of a slow first half against a Miami team, a very motivated Miami team, but they were at home. But then, you you know, you kind of look, and I watch the games. I watch every game. Uh, you know, Ezekiel Elliott did fantastic. You got um, Tony Pollard did well, even just, you know, kind of spelling Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, the passing game wasn't great, but, you know, they have weapons everywhere. Amari Cooper got two touchdowns. Uh, Michael Gallup has been hurt, so Devin Smith steps in there. He's doing well. Then you got... Um, uh, Randall Cobb in the slot. You have Jason Witten and Jarwin at tight end. There's just a lot of weapons. And of course, we know. What do I say? They can run the ball. Their offensive line is great. Their defense is solid. I think Dallas right now, for my money, is the best team in the NFC. But when Philadelphia gets full strength uh, with their receivers, I think they're going to be strong. Philadelphia did not make my list, but they're probably uh, the best one and two team in football. They will have a say in this playoff chase. Um, and I think the division, um, although they are down two games early to Dallas, good for Dallas. Uh, I'm sorry, Philadelphia Bavada has at plus 2,200. Um, so they, they're getting respect as well. That's pretty good odds, um, especially for a team that doesn't make my top 10 power ranking. Number... Um, number two on my list, I don't have a number two. I have co-number ones. I have two number ones on my list for the first time this year. It's a tie. I can't figure out which team is better. Now that New England has cut ties with Antonio Brown, um, I have Kansas City and New England as co-number ones. And I have on my calendar circled already early December, Kansas City versus New England in the regular season. Home field advantage for the AFC Championship game is probably going to be on the line there if both teams can stay healthy. New England's defense is the best as it's been in years, maybe since the first of their dynasty runs, you know, back in the early 2000s. Uh, Kansas City's offense, um, the passing game is the best I've ever seen, including the greatest show on turf, including the uh, the Colts teams, including the uh, Brady teams, including the uh, the Peyton Manning Denver team, is the best passing offense I have ever seen in football. And we're only in year two of starting from Mahomes. It's going to be crazy. If he can stay healthy, I think he's going to shatter all the passing records, um, at least in terms of total touchdowns, um, I don't know that he'll be able to catch Brady in the total yardage because Brady, I think, is going to play until uh, he can file for Social Security. <laughs> he's just, oh, I guess he's just going to play forever. But um, New England, Bavada has it plus 333, so that's like, you know, basically a three and a third to one odds. Kansas City, Bavada has it plus 500. Uh, both of those are clearly the two top uh, favorite teams in the Super Bowl. I think in December, uh, that matchup favors New England based on their defense. But, you know, the last two years when these teams have played in the regular season, it's been like 45 to 42 and those kinds of things. So uh, Kansas City, they hired Spagnola, the one defensive coordinator who's been able to give the Patriots uh, consistent trouble um, in, uh, in playoff games with his time in New York. Uh, New England, they had Antonio Brown, but then they got rid of him. So now they're, you know, they're ratcheting up that power run. Uh, Kansas City, they can't get the run going yet. I do think that they will get the run going. Damian Williams hasn't been healthy. You know, I know LaShawn McCoy's, his numbers have been better. Damian Williams hasn't been healthy like all early season. He is still the best talented running back there, but LaShawn McCoy's doing well. Both of them are dinged up and hurt. Uh, they have some young guys too spelling in and, and doing some doing some good work in the running game. This, this Kansas City offense is great. I cannot, like I said, I cannot wait till these two teams match up. They quite possibly could be undefeated in December matching up. It's going to be incredible. Um, certainly these teams will be favored in every game leading up to there. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. I can't wait. Football fans can't wait. So there you go. There's my top 10. I do want to give some respect. I already talked about Indianapolis a little bit. 
New Orleans, uh, you know, they go into Seattle. They pull off a game there with Bridgewater at quarterback. They're two and one. Uh, you know, they have a light schedule up, although they do play Dallas uh, this week at home. Uh, that is going to be a challenge for them. But this is this New Orleans team. Um, you know, I left them off the list for now. Uh, when Drew Brees comes back, I think this team is still going to be primed to make a run in that division. Seattle, um, I'm not going to give up on Seattle just because they lost a game at home, a winnable game at home uh, against New Orleans. Uh, they are going to be going on the road, I believe to Arizona this week. They, I think, are going to have a good game and bounce back there. I like their odds. Minnesota, 2-1. and one, They took care of business in Oakland. They were probably the closest team to making it back on my list. Here's my concern with them, um, and they, I think they have a tough matchup. I think they might be playing the Bears this week. I'm curious to see how Dalvin Cook goes against the Bears. Um, that's going to say a lot to me. Uh, the winner of that game probably makes the list next week, although I am a little bit more down on Trubisky um, in Chicago. Um, I'm a little bit higher on uh, uh, Cousins, then Trubisky is a quarterback, as long as it's not on national TV. And then uh, Chicago is my last team. Uh, you know, they're starting to take care of business. They dominated Washington. But again, that's a big week. That's a big game for me. I mean, it's probably like my 11th and 13th teams playing. That's a big deal. The winner probably gets in the top 10 this week. So, hey, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, Please, please, please subscribe, like, comment. Uh, we could use your help. We're trying to add more content to YouTube. Uh, in order to do that, you know, we want to be able to become a, a YouTube partner and basically kind of put the, that YouTube stuff back into the show, um, back into the network. I'm integrating more underdog podcast stuff into there. It's not going to be just me. Yes, it's going to be fantasy football dominant during the fantasy football season, but we also have you know a lot of shows coming in from underdog, the NFL show. Um, we got a lot of basketball, NBA stuff. It's going going to be a full sports network. We have uh, player interviews. Uh, you know, we're pretty well connected on the Underdog uh, Podcast Network. So check us out there. Subscribe if you can. That's the easiest way to help us and watch some videos. It's really that. It's all free. Just subscribe, watch some videos. If you're listening to this, go to youtube.com slash the underdog. And uh, yeah, give us a subscription, watch some videos and uh, help us grow this thing. Get in on the ground floor. If that's, I believe that's it for everything. Go out, have a great week, be good to each other and uh, you know, get paid if you're going to make some bets.